This is episode two of the Note Pod. This is where I do book notes, podcast notes. So far, it's been book notes. I'll just get to it. So the book this week is Robert Rodriguez's book from early 90s. Actually, it's from, looks like, 1995. It's called Rebel Without a Crew, or How a 23-Year-Old Filmmaker with $7,000 Became a Hollywood Player. Robert Rodriguez is the director of Desperado, El Mariachi, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, Sin City. I've been reading it over probably the past year. Well, I read probably a third of it, stopped reading for a few months, picked it back up recently and finished it in the like uh, probably like the past couple of weeks. Doesn't matter, I guess. <laughs> the important thing is I read it, finished it, wanted to share some thoughts from it. So I I also it's one of the books that I have as a hardcover book, which I, I buy a lot of Kindle books. It is available on Kindle now. I don't know that it was when I first got it, but uh, this is a description from the back of the book part of the description. Uh, it says, Rodriguez's inspiring nuts and bolts account features the full El Mariachi shooting script, post-production tips, film festival anecdotes, publicity, blitz secrets, and even an insider's view of the courtship he enjoyed with Hollywood's A-list. Then here from the intro, he says, let's see, so the following are excerpts from the journal I kept during the making of my first feature film, El Mariachi, in which I recount the heaping amounts of luck and good fortune that accompanied almost everything I attempted. And then I have this from Wikipedia. Robert Rodriguez is an American filmmaker and visual effects supervisor. Basically, he's made a bunch of these movies um, and is kind of in the same crowd as Quentin Tarantino, but he's an accomplished filmmaker in Hollywood. And this book just goes through his uh, early journey. So it captures roughly a year of his life where he it starts with planning to film El Mariachi and then goes through post-production on it editing it then trying to sell it he wanted it to just be like this vhs release in mexico it's in spanish so he's just trying to get that release while he so he can continue on uh to make more movies he just wanted to make like the small film get it sold so that he could make another film get practice until he was able to make bigger and bigger films but this one in some way gets successful and then it kind of captures him going from pretty much like a nobody in hollywood and then by the end of the year he's winning film festivals and just like this super hot commodity in hollywood so it just really captures fish out of water as he talks about it. the thing i really like about this is just the diary format uh, where he captures really like small details as he's making this film talking about decisions he made what that uh filming looked like but i should probably get to some of these book quotes so here we go let's see so this first quote he says this is my first plane ride first class it's great since i'm 6'2 i can finally stretch my legs out all the way in my chair they served red wine red and white wine and champagne i got a tossed salad with sourdough roll and fresh shrimp then a big plate of baked potato and filet mignon finished up with a hot fudge sundae and this just i i highlighted this because it does really just capture that uh transition into like your first time riding first class it's almost always because 
because of some kind of business that you're doing. And then this kind of shows like the different details that are in this diary that he keeps. He just writes down what kind of food they served, shrimp, all these different items from a plane trip. And those are the kinds of details that he shares in this book. Um, Sometimes it is interesting just how like mundane some of the days filming are. And he'll talk about like what film he used and what his thoughts were shooting something. He And it, it does help with the i guess like the the authenticity or like um it's just like a very the writing comes off very genuine that it's really just like his thoughts writing something down in a diary and i think it just captures this time in the early 90s before i do wish that more people could release books like this where you capture them before they were famous what they were really thinking as they go through these journeys but now it would be captured in bits and pieces on social media and it would be difficult for someone to release this release like diary entries and have it like be as there's something just interesting about this time um so it's capturing like i think it's 1991 and 92 and maybe 93 as well but yeah the internet hadn't taken over the world most people didn't know what the internet was back then he isn't editing with computer tools so just hearing what it was like to put an independent film together back then there's something just interesting in that alone um then another theme through this book is just the creativity the the idea of creativity the that it can be practiced that it's this core thing in his life he has an interview with tim ferris where I think it's from 2015, and he just talks about how important create like his whole life revolves around creativity, and he says that creativity is a part of everything in his life. That's kind of like the lens he looks at life through. That making a meal for your family is a creative endeavor. Uh, this time period right now, I mean, I'm recording this Memorial Day, and of course, it's everyone's locked down, quarantined, has been for past month, two months. And you could see that at a certain point, you did have to get creative with the stuff in your pantry for a meal. We were having some trouble early on, maybe like three weeks in. And it really, it wasn't like we were about to starve, but food was getting low and it was getting harder to get deliveries and we hadn't left the apartment. And yeah, we'd start, you know, you really go to like the back of the pantry, see what you have, um, see what, anyway, he talks about that and just that the way he approaches life is building up that creative muscle that he does it through making films primarily but then also he just talks about in that podcast episode he talks about working on sin city with frank miller and frank miller was kind of skeptical about directing the being a director on um that movie and he he robert rodriguez explained that oh you're gonna be fine like it's the same thing you're good at storytelling you're doing story like frank miller author of sin city and other huge uh, graphic novels very successful and basically the point that robert rodriguez had was like making film and making comics same thing you're you're, do, you're telling stories with images and you're already clearly creative and you're going to be able to transition that over uh between mediums and there's similar mediums that like you said it's images storytelling what's harder is if you you can learn technical things in mediums but it's very difficult to go from not being creative to being creative and it's not impossible so he does have this quote in the book he says he talks about his first 
first boss from his high school job in the photo lab and his boss says he said that i had creative talent but what i really needed to do if i wanted to be successful was to become technical he said that just about anyone can become technical but not everyone can be creative and there are a lot of people a lot of creative people who never get anywhere because they don't have technical skills and then further on, he says, my boss said that if you are someone who is already creative and then you become technical, then you are unstoppable. I like that creative and technical. I've made some crazy movies, but as long as I have to rely on a crew for the technical demands of making a movie, I will always be at the mercy of having to spend a lot of money to make a feature film. It's the end of the quote. And the theme here that I have is just practicing creativity. So there is that idea that uh, not everyone can be creative. I disagree. I do think that you, it's something that you could practice. I think that there is this case, though, that some people, I mean, there are definitely people who believe, like, I'm not a creative person. I can't do this. Like, they're, you're, it's black and white. You're either born creative or you're not. And it's not something that can be learned. But let's say that you are already creative in some way, then you can learn uh, the technical skills. This is something I would say I learned. Uh, one of the bigger things from, say, like the past decade is that learning the... I, I used to really take pride in being able to like learn technical skills in different software or like coding, that kind of thing. And But you learn pretty quickly, I think, that you get paid for soft skills in a job, that there's so much, especially like if you're working with a team, being able to communicate all these different soft skills, communicate um, with the team, plan things out, that kind of thinking, that's what becomes, and yeah, like this creative thinking, connecting different ideas becomes uh, what's valuable because it's easier to just like learn the technical skill and not not easier maybe simpler is a better way that it, it's straightforward to be able to like read a tutorial and then uh, learn some technical skills especially like software um but then actually using that technical know-how and applying it creatively to like create your own thing is really what's valuable this is why it was always nice uh, learning web development and um in say like high school college where you can you could read a tutorial and it was always important, uh, different learning styles, but how I always liked to learn was to just follow it like a step-by-step tutorial, but then, of course, like apply it to some blog I was working on. So the tutorial will give you like step-by-step, here's how to like create a to-do list or something like that. But then taking that le- like that smaller lesson and then applying it to something on a, on a website that I had. Then... Um, to this other idea where he says, like, um, if you're already creative and you become technical, you're unstoppable. This is, I guess, let's see, how true is that? Like, if we think about the opposite, if you're already technical and then you become creative, then you are unstoppable. So that's probably also true. It's just to become creative is a less well-defined process. Um, and I think reading books like this really can be really helpful. Uh, reading books about creative people doing their work and you see what they do is just they make a bunch of stuff. And that's what I really like about this book is this is someone, Robert Rodriguez, who definitely buys into that idea of uh, to be the noun, you have to do the verb. So he, it, it's unimportant. He did go to film school didn't, and he could like look around at other students and he just saw that some of them thought like approached it the same way that you would approach other careers that like you'll work your way up the ladder that you become a filmmaker by rising up the corporate ranks in a way and he a lot of them had never really like just tried to make a movie on their own and he always had that belief that 
to be a filmmaker you just start making film um so that's always i think that's always a good mindset is to like just start making the thing that you want to make and try to apply that to this podcast just hitting record i do want anyway i won't i'm gonna try to do less about like talking about the podcast while i'm doing the podcast um I'll, i'll move on to this next topic uh let's see so the title I have here is Love, Making What You're Making. This is where he talks about his plan. Um, so there's going to be two quotes here. So here's what he says. Uh, first, that's what I decided to do with El Mariachi. I would write two scripts, both about the same character, but I would film them on a low, low budget all by myself. Then I would sell them to the Spanish video market where no one in the movie business would see them if they were no good. So it was almost like throwing them away, only I would get paid for them. And then further on, he says... I love to make movies, but to make movies and make some money to live on so I could make movies full-time would be the greatest thing in the world. I was excited beyond belief with the idea. So these two quotes just talk about his mindset at the time, that this really was an experiment. Like, he just wanted to make El Mariachi, learn from it, and then recoup the costs. So it famously was filmed on a budget of $7,000 and then ended up making something like $2 million um let me check that actually yeah two million two million dollars on seven thousand dollar budget then yeah just he wanted to learn from this and if he could just continue to make enough to be able to continue making movies and doing that then that would be good enough of course the book captures that this that el mariachi got the attention of people in hollywood and then it really does capture like just people that want to talk, have a lunch really quick or something like talk over lunch. And then it, it quickly, quickly escalates to like someone else heard about it. Then someone else heard about it. And then uh, once they had two people negotiating, other people hear about like or two people that want to negotiate with him different rights and it just talks it kind of captures like the confusion of what there's just a lot of different things in that industry i mean i'm not familiar with them uh it just sounds like there's different rights for international releases what exactly are you selling what can you keep what does this mean it's it is just he does capture like that confusion and having to and the importance of having other people that know what all those different things are on your side and so that it it shows that it's important to like do that so that you can focus on what you're good at which is actually making the movies and then yeah so i think that's like a really good thing to strive for is to be able to do something you enjoy doing and get paid enough to continue doing it definitely like that is always that like ongoing debate of starting with passion doing what you love versus doing things you're good at and figuring out if i think the goal that that can be like a nice end goal and if you can find a way to do that then that i i, I guess where i'm i'm like de- definitely like we'll float between the different camps of to start with passion or to focus on working hard at what you're good at which one so that you can learn to love it um yeah def- there's definitely those two camps i don't think just depends what book i read last which one i i believe in most but i think the end goal is a good one that ending up somewhere where you enjoy doing what you're doing every day is 
a nice like it's hard to disagree with that being a good thing uh unless it's that idea unless of course you end up not liking what you're doing because you're getting paid to do because of the things that come with getting paid to do something where maybe he wouldn't have liked doing bigger movies and he kind of talks about this actually with on that tim ferris interview where he talks about joining i think it's like the director's guild and like these different things once you are making these bigger movies some of the expectations some of like the bureaucracy is what it sounds like of just you have to join these things and follow these certain rules and he it, it was always weird to him just like some of the rules seem arbitrary and he has always been about just like making movies his way there's things about like how people are listed on the credits and that sort of thing and he even talks about this in the book earlier on that he would just make up credits basically that he says uh in one of these quotes someone asks him who did the editing was it you and he says i nodded and told him that if he looks at the credits real close he'd notice that my name creeps up quite a bit i stuffed the credits with a bunch of made-up names in an effort to disguise the fact that we didn't have a crew so that that's an ongoing theme through the book too is that it did take a, a life of its own that a lot of the attention was because it's this movie that was that cost $7,000 to film. It's mentioned in a lot of the reviews if you I like looked up an old Roger Ebert review of it and yeah, it's it's meant the budget the budget was always mentioned. It was uh, definitely like part of the narrative of this film being released and its popularity. But yeah, just just these rules around like that it has to be like a, a it has to look like it has a budget to be taken seriously. But then actually the opposite happened, that like it was taken seriously. And because it was on a low budget, that's what kind of what made it interesting. That was part of what made it interesting. Of course, there was a good movie behind it, a good story behind it. This next quote is, I, I put the title I put was, Embrace Technology and Invest in Yourself. So the quote, in 1979, my father, who makes his living selling cookware, fine china, crystal, and all that kind of stuff, bought yet another one of the latest gadgets out on the electronic market. He'd buy anything he thought would help him with his sales. It was a four-head JVC video cassette recorder that he figured he could use to make sales presentations with. And the, that's the end of the quote. He, he goes on to talk about, like, a camera came with it, and... And that's what he was able to shoot with and learn with as he, when he was growing up. But it is just this nice thing of that his dad kind of taught this lesson of embrace it, like buying things that will help you do your job and then just embracing technology. And he later on, one of the first purchases he makes once he starts earning money with El Mariachi is he gets a laptop and then talks about adding memory to it and then getting final draft, which he's able to write screenplays with. But that he did uh, another lesson too is that he made this movie without all of that stuff. So he was able to learn with the tools that he had, make the most of what he had, make the most of his constraints. I think that's a, a huge thing in this book is just creativity within the constraints you have and that constraints can cause you to become, can, yeah, really like help in being creative. Then another theme throughout the book is just that he loved to do everything himself. Okay, so this last quote I have is, this is from when he starts post-production, so he has four hours of footage, and here's what he says about starting. He says, The first thing I do when I get my film back from the lab is study the footage completely and thoroughly. For an action film, four hours is not a lot of footage. Further on, he says, Second, I begin editing immediately, but not the movie. Before even starting the movie, I need to get excited about the long journey ahead, so I cut a trailer, like the kind you see in the movies before the main feature, the coming attractions. The process of cutting a trailer 
trailer allows me to see what images from my film are the strongest. It gives me an idea of what the A material is and how to exploit it. I want this movie to be fast-paced, so I'll make a fast-paced trailer. The trailer also gives me something to show people for the next few months when they ask me what I'm working on. That's end of the quote. I really like this insight. Just find it interesting and something maybe to follow uh, in whatever I'm doing in the future where you just make the thing that's fun pretty much. Like work on something that's fun. After a shoot, you have this end product. The first thing that people will see will be the trailer. Think about that and that will help you frame everything else that you make. That that trailer is going to represent what your movie, like the full length movie will be. It's probably more fun to create this trailer. It's a fun thing to make, and it will, like he says, keep you excited about the long journey that you have. So there are some things like this where, I think it's Jeff Bezos, where Amazon will write a press release ahead of whatever new feature or new product that they have is, and that's more to like figure out the positioning and framing of whatever it is that you're making. But I like this, how he put it on, like this individual level of just why he starts with the trailer and how that helps him and how that helps him in the long run. But also another thing worth mentioning, so this book captures, like as I mentioned, like about one year in time, but the, the he starts filming, it's at the end of July, so July 31st, and then I think the last day that he films is August 20th, something like that. But it's within three weeks, le- definitely less than a month, that he does all of the filming. And then after that, so he goes down to Mexico, films for three weeks, comes back up. And then edits, and then it's just like months and months and months of doing the releases and talking to different people. But he is known for being able to work really hard for and and actually like just get the filming done, get the shoots done. But it is just amazing, like what you can create in that amount of time. And that also, that amount of time is not the end of the movie. Like filming is the first, not the first step, but like it's a big step. But then there's so much work to do with the editing and then that does create this constraint for him and it is just like this story this story is like a bunch of stories of constraints where he filmed with what he had and then he edited with what he had because he couldn't go and reshoot everything and then just talks about and then kind of like going from this constrained world and then entering this unconstrained world once he has he's getting paid to fly out to talk to these different companies to just to yeah yeah. and that that does become a thing through the latter half of the book is just continually being fascinated by all the free stuff that like free hotels um free meals and just there's like this feeling of waiting for the other shoe to drop he's like pocketing his per diem stay like living in the office so that he doesn't have to get an apartment uh, using the gym to shower and just saving it all up. Um, But eventually, of course, he does start to make these huge films. And this does capture the journey. This episode's getting long. Check it out. Rebel Without a Crew. One of my favorite... I I guess, like, every book's my favorite book after I read it. But I think this one will really, like be one that I turn to there I do have like a physical copy which is rare for me I usually do just buy like kindle books and I'm glad I have this physical copy and I think it's fitting because it is like this diary entry thing um and also go check out the uh, interview he has with Tim Ferriss gets into journaling talks about what like he's continued to keep a diary talks about why it's been important to him how he does that he uses apple notes now 
he wasn't using it, of course, to like write these down. So it's, I think it's Apple Notes or physical diary. But just having that has been an important thing through his creative life. I want to continue journaling more, writing more, making these notes. So thanks for checking this out. Not sure what the next book will be. It might be Hackers and Painters by Paul Graham, but I do want to make more of this. Uh, I said thanks for checking. Anyway, see you in the next episode.